you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey, my name is Hannah, and I am so glad that I get to wrap up this month's topic on stewardship. I will say, though, that I find it interesting that the Lord didn't put it on any of our hearts to talk about finances, because I think that most of our minds kind of go towards that topic when we hear the word stewardship. But I am glad because God has called us to be stewards over everything that he's given us, even the gospel. So in case you haven't had a chance to listen to the other episodes this month, I just want to go over what a steward is. A steward, in short, means to manage. So Courtney talked about stewarding your body or managing your body, how you take care of it. Crystal talked about your time, managing your time. Jackie talked about balancing life or managing life. So I have to be honest, though, that I truly didn't know for quite some time what the Lord wanted me to talk about this month. And um, my heart was never really about at peace about anything that I had floating around in my mind. I was really frustrated. And so what did I do? I asked my preacher husband for help. (laughs) He sent me a few articles to look at, and I came across one that brought me to tears, literally, before I even read it, just the title. And that's how I knew it would be the topic God wanted me to talk about because it just touched my heart immediately and I just knew. As you can see from the title, it's stewarding your trials. Now, we don't usually welcome trials when they come knocking at our door, right? Have you ever been in the midst of a trial? Maybe you are right now. When we think of that word trial, most of us would think of something bad, something that has entered our lives that we did not want. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines a trial as examination by a test. That's the definition, examination by a test. I wasn't expecting that definition. So who does the examination? Who's being tested? I think we know the answer. God is the one doing the examining and we're the ones being tested. Now, a trial still is usually something that we don't want that happens in our lives, something uncomfortable. James 1.3 says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The word trial literally comes out of trying. And we see this in this verse, the trying of our faith or the testing of our faith works or creates patience. God allows trials in our lives, no matter how big or small we think they are, in order to grow our faith in some way. I believe the extremes of the trial can vary. A trial can present itself as having car troubles, which lead to financial stress. For some, it can lead to stress of how to get to your job or take your kids to school. So others may look at that and it may seem like a small thing. But that small thing can affect a lot of areas of someone's life. A trial can be losing a loved one unexpectedly and grieving over their loss. As humans, we kind of label trials as small or big. But to God, if it matters to you, it matters to him. You may feel silly for your tears. 
You may even feel foolish and think you shouldn't be upset when there are so many other people out there suffering with much worse. Have you ever felt that way? I have to admit that I definitely fall prey to those thoughts too. I don't try to, but I do. And I think it's a way of just ignoring what's going on. Um, but Psalm 56, 8 says, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle, for are they not written in thy book? This verse is really special to me, and it's reminded me many times that my tears are never silly or foolish or even a waste to God. And here's why. The first part of that verse, thou tellest my wanderings, means God knows everywhere you go. There's not one part of your life that is unseen by him. The bottle refers to a custom back in Bible times. They would grieve over the loss of someone they loved, and then they would hold a bottle, not like a regular bottle that we see today, but a clay vessel that was created to catch tears. And they would hold that to their face and cry so that this bottle would catch those tears. Those bottles would then sit in front of where their loved one laid to express the great sorrow they felt for their loss. And the more bottles there were in front of this person that had died, the more they would see that person was loved. And then he goes on to say, are they not written in thy book? Did you know that God is a bookkeeper? (laughs) Um, He has a few books that scripture mentions. We see the book of life. There's the book that Revelation talks about that holds the prayers of the saints. We see David referring to this book, a book that, as far as we know, records our tears. So the next time you think that what you're crying over or upset about isn't important, please remember this verse, because what you cry about matters to God, and at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. So what does this all have to do with stewardship? Remember, stewardship is managing. We've been given many things to manage by God that he expects us to steward well. But have you ever thought about how God expects us to steward the trials that come into our lives? 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Faithful, meaning constant in the performance of duties or services. So we who have been given much to steward, much to manage, we are required by God to be faithful, meaning to be constant. Can you grow in your trials? Can you really steward a trial? I mean, a trial is something that seems out of your control. You didn't ask for it, right? But the answer is yes. You and I have the option of leaning into the grace of God or pushing it away. Now, grace is the free, unmerited love and favor of God, meaning we didn't earn it because it's free, which what we didn't earn is God's love and his favor towards us. We are sinners and we don't deserve what God has done for us by giving us his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and rise again for our sins that we may live eternally with him forever. But grace says, at no cost to you, the unworthy and least of these, you have complete access to my love and you have favor with me. Trials can make us bitter, angry, they break us, they can make us fearful, revengeful, weary, without strength, and so much more. 
But trials can also make us learn to extend the grace that has been freely given to us to others. It can make us more compassionate. They can, it can increase our faith and cause our faith in the Lord to grow, cause us to be more trusting, and it can cause us to be secure in the Lord and many other things. But if we choose, and it is a choice, to manage or handle, steward the trial, the examination that God has allowed in our life by pushing him away, then we are not stewarding it well or the way that he intended us to. We aren't managing it well at all if it pushes us away from him, because then everything falls apart. When it should have been growing us, it creates a dead spirit within us. When we let go of God, we are not hanging on to him with all that we have. Pushing away the grace of God says, I'm never going to church again. God did this to me and he doesn't love me. God doesn't exist, you know, giving up on your faith that you once received. If God would allow this, then I want nothing to do with him. God can't help me overcome this. This sorrow is too deep, etc. But stepping into or leaning into his grace looks like this. I trust you enough to cry with my whole heart in your presence. I trust that you hear my heart when I don't know what to pray. I trust that you will give me strength because I can barely breathe, let alone go about the day. I will keep going to church even if it's only my body that is present. I will rest in the truth that you love me and you don't want me to hurt even if I don't understand why right now. One of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Can you imagine a trial comes into your life and you accept it right away, knowing that his strength through you will give him glory? Romans 5, 3-5 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. I don't know a faithful Christian who was walking with the Lord, who walked away in a darkness, a very painful trial that they were going through, who didn't say, that they knew God on a more deeper and personal level in a way that words couldn't even express it because he walked with them in such a personal way through this trial. And I've been there. I don't think any of us would ask for a trial, but there's great peace in knowing that because he got you through before, you know he will again. You know the sweet touch of his hand and It doesn't even seem like a figurative touch, like it's not something that you would think, oh, the Lord touched my hand, but it feels real because that's how close this trial has brought you to him. I believe that one day our trials will be one of the most precious gifts that God has given us on earth to affect the lives of many that we don't even know it's affecting and to bring us into a fellowship with him that is more sweeter and much more personal than any other thing could. Thank you for joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's word. 
encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the scriptures. Until next time.